Welcome to What the Hell Is This Show, the show where Nick and John share TV episodes with each other, offering no context whatsoever, and then discuss what the hell they're actually about. John, I just showed you episode 9, season 3 of Narcos, entitled, and now I need to try and get this right because it's in Spanish. <laughs> Actually, it's in, Sp- in English, it's All the President's Men. Oh. But the Spanish is Todos los Hombres del Presidente. What the hell did you just watch? Cool. Well, um, first off, great enunciation. Um, Thank you. I think it sounds much better in Spanish. <laughs> Um, which is interesting because when I was watching this episode, probably about a third of it was in Spanish with subtitles and they were obviously my favorite parts. Um, no, this show was amazing and I'm kind of surprised that you chose it for me to watch contextless because I found it really quite easy to follow. Yeah. Um, it was about a Colombian uh, drug cartel and... Obviously, because it was the penultimate episode of the season, it was very climactic and it was like really building towards I, what I assume had been a slow burn with the capture of the cartel boss. Um, and then there were sort of three strands of story. One was following the cartel boss and his family. One was following the sort of police mole that had infiltrated him as they tried to set up the um, the heist trap, I guess, to arrest the uh, the, the mob boss. Um, what was his name, Miguel, and then there was the third story, which was the fact that the police detective who was after him was actually discovering all the way along that the police and the president and everybody were in the mob boss's pockets anyway, and he wasn't going to stay in jail for long because the whole system was corrupt from the inside. So it was a very tense, very exciting episode, even though there were a lot of cliches in there, like, you know, there was a guy earlier on, like the the mole guy, he was talking about his wife. Um, and he was like, oh, I've got to go and see my daughter's soccer game tomorrow. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to tell my wife. And he had this big long goodbye and he was giving her a gun to protect herself. And I was like, yeah, yeah, like foreshadowing death. Like, stop talking about your kids, mate. They're obviously going to die. But then later on when, you know, they were in danger and I won't say how it ends, whether they die or not. But when they were actually in danger, um, it was like I really didn't know how it was going to go. And it was really exciting. And I loved this show. I will definitely be watching this from the start. Huh. Wow, I, it's really interesting that uh, that was that that was the response. Because when I watched it again, uh, I felt like I kept getting up and like getting closer to the TV and like worrying about what was going to happen. But you're pretty much exactly right with like in terms of like the, the lack of context. the The show spells it out pretty easily so even on a first time you you'd have a general so so everything that you've said there is pretty much bang on um but to give it the context um essentially like narco season three um is the better season of of narcos but i think for me like the the cali cartel is a much more interesting dynamic compared to what pablo escobar was in season two yeah so that was something i didn't really understand before because when i was watching the climax i was like wow like yeah this is really exciting and really intense but obviously has this been like three seasons worth of build up to this like it must have been a really fucking slow burn and then i found out later no no it's an anthology series like this is just like a one season one story one shot and i was like oh okay cool so i'll definitely yeah go back and watch the other seasons as well was there a point that you had where you where you questioned like or where you stopped questioning that it was at a like 
that it was continuing on from three seasons that they'd finally actually captured Miguel and the Cali Cartel. Or no, not at all. I mean, I knew episode? that as far as I was aware, this was like the end of season three. I didn't know how many seasons there were. I didn't know it was not part of an ongoing story since episode one. Um, and I knew that it was, the, as I say, it was the penultimate episode. So there was one more after this. So obviously they can't just, you know, kill off everyone or have everything completely neatly resolved because there was at least one episode still to go and I don't know what their plans for the future beyond that were. So I didn't really question that at all. It's just, as I said, um, I felt like it must have been a massively slow burn through those three seasons, but now I understand that that little piece of context a little bit more. Um, In terms of the episode itself, though, like I said, it was very easy to follow. The character archetypes were well played considering that they were quite cliche in some ways. I loved the... um, the 90s aesthetic and i was trying to work out at first when it was set because they had like vhs players and like cassette tapes and stuff and i was like oh like is this late 80s is it 90s and then i saw there was like a huge uh like photo portrait of bill clinton and i was like oh got it it's like mid 90s <laughs> yeah. um but i thought it was really different because it had all of that like american crime story style yeah. like american crime story season one but then it was set in colombia and it was half in spanish and half in english and it was it put her and all the architecture was different and the shooting location was different and it just put a real spin on the premise yeah. which i really dug um and as you say you know i was on the edge of my seat i was so excited um so bear in mind that that's what i think i just watched giving a spoiler warning ahead for all of our potential listeners what did i really just watch so can you just contextualize season three a little bit okay so the build-up to this uh the cali cartel uh quite significant in this particular season just because they t- they're taking over from the loss of Pablo Escobar because he dies. Um, so it is a continuing story. Yeah. So the DEA agents you've got there. So uh, agent, um, uh, what's his name? I, I keep calling him the Viper. Um, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, Pedro. Um, agent Pena. He his is is the only story that carries through. That like he's the only one that's connected to everything. Right. Okay. Um, th- other than that, the the only connective other connective tissue there is just. Like the setting, and that's it. So, are there time jumps, or is yes. it just right? Okay, I yeah. See. So, for this, they established the Cali Cartel um, in late season two, um, but they're just sort of like off the side. You don't really think much of them, and then they rise to prominence quite quickly um, at the start of season three. And so, from there, essentially, it becomes a massive operation to try and bring them down individually. And what the show does over the course of the season is gradually picks them off one by one, and. It does it really quickly, which is a bit a bit jarring because you just sort of expect like what you just saw in this episode to happen in that episode with everyone, not just uh, Miguel. And so everything is sort of built up to to that point. So um, Jorge, the so you're talking about like the different tropes and stuff. So Jorge yeah, yeah. is the informant, the mole. He that was actually sorry to interrupt. That was really cool for me because I didn't have the context, and I said to you halfway through the episode. I knew that he was playing either the cartel or the police, but I didn't know who, yeah. well, like which one, because he was obviously so convincing with both. And I guess if you're a long-term viewer, you know that he's playing the cartel. Yeah. But that was really cool for me because I didn't know which one he was betraying. And it's really interesting because you had that feeling then and there throughout the whole season. So Jorge's arc is established quite early on. So essentially what happens with him is um, he wants to get out of the game. He wants to start his own security company, which is mentioned in this episode. Wants to start his own security company, get his family out, and just do his own thing. He's like ex special forces, but he's like top of the game security guy. Like, it's really interesting watching 
him throughout the season because you feel really safe watching him because he's so good at what he does. And so he obviously uh, teams up with the DEA and becomes the informant um, quite early on. And then essentially that's how the DEA starts pinging each of the cartel leaders. And um, it just ha- just so happens that Miguel the what was the one... And I actually thought, to be completely honest, Miguel was uh, going to be the one to go er- the earliest. And he's actually the smartest of all of them. Because initially you just sort of feel like he's just an arrogant dude. And then he comes out of nowhere... And by episode nine or episode episode seven or eight is when he really like asserts himself, and you're just like, okay, like this guy, this guy means business, and you, you, it feels like the show is setting it without, and again, with even without my own historical context, it feels like they're setting him up to be the big bad, like Pablo was, um, and then naturally when you watch the show, you start like Wikipedia everything, and you're like, oh no, he's in jail. Yeah, um, because it's all a true story, right? Yeah, so it's there's obviously you know the dramatic sort of yeah, side yeah. of things, um, and and but a lot of this is yeah based off real stuff. Like you, there's like uh, in this particular episodes, they've got a couple of things, or like Narcos does love to gather archival footage and sort of dump it in just to help it yeah. ground it in a little bit of reality, and um, but. Back to Jorge, I think Jorge, um, there's a there's a point where even in episode nine, at that even as, as a viewer for me, I still didn't know if I could trust him fully. Yeah, I think that's really cool because, yeah. I mean, I clued into that just thinking, well, I don't know because I haven't seen that up to this point. But if he plays both sides of the fence consistently, that's really cool. I know. And it's I'm sitting there and I feel like I could trust him. But I always felt like there was a bit of doubt just because he's connected to the cartel and he's worked for the cartel for a long time. And so for me, he's such a key character in this whole story. And it's it's amazing to watch just because when you don't have the context of what he's going to do, it makes it even more tense. But even with the context, having seen the, the previous eight episodes, it's still, it, it still is just as tense. I think that was funny for me because I, at the, in the first, you know, 15, 20 minute episodes, I didn't know any of the characters. So... He was saying to his wife, you know, if anyone from the cartel yeah. comes after you, like, only go with the DEA, um, and here's a gun, and blah, blah, blah. And in my head, I was like, oh, maybe she's the mole. Like, maybe she's working for the cartel. Like, could just be anyone, anytime, because I, I don't know what the audience knows or doesn't know up to this point. So, um, yeah, everyone was a suspect in my book. Yeah, which is really, that's a really interesting thing to, to note, because... Like, because the rule of the show is that we like we 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 can't ask questions while we watch the episode. So I can imagine you in like just stewing in your head. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and <laughs> you're just like, maybe it's her. Is it her? I don't know. Because that's a really good point to to make. Because in previous uh, in the previous couple of episodes and in season two and one, the moles have generally been pretty surprising in terms of yeah. just their association. It's not who you think it is or what the show makes it out to be. So Narcos is very good at that sort of cloak and dagger, pulling the rug from from under you and all that sort of stuff. So I think like when I when I watch like this in particular, like this episode, I think this is the best episode the show's done. That's why I chose it. Um because it also shows off just how good the show can be. Um but I think I I was curious about how you felt about the government. So there's a twist at the end. Well, the twist at the end is that all of this massive operation is all for naught. Yep. And like you said, the government's been paid um, by the Cali cartel. Uh, so they're not going to be in jail for long. So like, why bother? Like, how did you feel about that? I'm- yeah. And like our hero, Pedro Pascal, he finds out that his own superiors have tried to throw him off the scent of pursuing this case um, and pursuing Miguel. 
um, have actually known all along. Yeah. And the reason that his superior gives in the end is just they, as in the Colombian government, are a good friend of ours, presumably meaning, you know, a friend of the US government. Yeah. And it was interesting because on the one hand, Pedro became really jaded and upset and he was like, oh, the whole system right from the top down is just completely corrupt. And on the other hand, like I said to you watching the episode, basically like stop spitting the dummy, mate. Like there's more to international relations and international diplomacy than one cartel family that you've been chasing. Like obviously if they can get the Colombian government in through their financial contributions and then they get kickbacks um, and essentially get to run the town and do what they want and that benefits the states in some way then surely the ends kind of justify the means and you need to stop thinking with such small potatoes. But on the other hand, you know, you hear of all these things, like it's particularly during the the 2016 presidential election, and I don't really understand much of what's discussed, but all of the like, oh, you know, the Clintons have blood on their hands and there's all of like, what's their um, international position on war? And, you know, maybe they are... Not the Clintons necessarily, but in terms to protect international diplomatic relations, are just willing to either turn a blind eye or actually directly benefit or profit from human atrocity, which is pretty appalling. So, yeah, it was kind of ambiguous at the end. It was, um, it was certainly in terms of thought provocative, like thought provoking. It made me think more than any of the rest of the episode, which was just like exciting action, tension, like, oh, what's going to happen? Who's going to die? Who's really the mole? Like, it's suspenseful and exciting, but it was, you know, popcorn-y to a degree. Yeah. Um, Whereas that really, yeah, it left a bit of a sour taste in a good way. Do you think, because to contextualize where the government sit in this, in this, in like this episode. Colombian or states? uh, Sorry, both. Okay. So it's, quite clear that most all the levels of government are corrupt and it's really interesting seeing that reveal come out at that point because it's almost not surprising and it's yeah. just very much like a, oh right that actually makes sense because the US government and the Colombian government they work together to obviously try and take down these cartels and to take down these deals blah blah blah, blah. and they uh, they they have some sort of agreement, a handshake agreement to like to if you do this, we'll do this. Like, yeah, yeah, scratch yeah, my yeah. back, scratch yours, and any everything under that. There's sort of like a level. There's I guess a level of impurity because they like Agent Pena, like Pedro Pascal, wants to do right, but then obviously executes this mission in this particular episode that's really dangerous because at the end of the day the the most important thing to him is capturing Miguel Rodriguez and then obviously like maybe Jorge but like Peña's just kind of like uh, yeah but obviously he like has sorts like some form of concern and it's really interesting seeing that and trying to put it out of the context of that and seeing how the lower levels and the guy the grunts and all that sort of yeah. stuff do that sort of impure slash pure work to try and get what like the good things done yeah it's like impure work for a noble means but that's what sort of makes me think pedro pascal shouldn't be so naive you know if you work in industries or um 
organizations where you're that close yeah. to violence and you're that close to corruption and your life is in daily danger because of the sort of covert ops you have to do. I mean, let's not be so foolish as to live in a world where everyone on your side's a good guy and everyone on the other side's a bad guy. Like, yeah. that's a bit silly. Um, so I think, yeah, his character's probably a bit naive, but it is interesting, you know, from an audience perspective to question his naivety and if not his motives, then certainly his um, execution, literally, of those motives. Yeah. Um, so I really certainly enjoyed this show very much and I'll definitely be going back to watch it from episode one. Right. So, uh, so oh, sorry, one more thing. Yeah. Um, so how many seasons are there? Like, where is it up to in its production schedule? So right now, um, so season three is the latest season. Season four was delayed because they actually shoot on location in uh, Brazil, I think. Oh, yeah. I think it's Brazil. Um, and one of the crew, I think one of their crew members was shot dead on set. Oh, my God. Yeah, because like they actually work and shoot in the areas that are either gang controlled or have gang involvement and all that sort of stuff because they want it to be authentic that so you know how like sometimes when you're watching a show and you can sort of you can tell like that's not like that's not canada or like they pretend that they're in texas and it's actually like vancouver or it's you know yeah whatever um you know like when they like when you know they shoot new york in brisbane which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever but anyway um so yeah season four is supposed to be out later this year because this came out in September last year, so I'm thinking that it was supposed to come out in September this year, and I think it was delayed. So was he shot because, because gangs in the area were not happy the show was being made? It's a good question. I'm pretty sure it was just like... Or was it just crossfire? I think it was like crossfire, or at least that like wrong, full on. wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, right. Um, so season four will come out later <clears> this year? Yes, yes. It's available on Netflix. Um it comes out, yeah, there's no definitive date. I'm pre- pretty sure it's pretty far along in production, though. Cool. I just know that there was a big delay just because of the shooting, so. Well, based on today, I will definitely be prioritizing watching it, which means that by the time season four comes out, hopefully I'll be caught up. Oh, you, trust me, this sh- it's really interesting watching Netflix shows because they're designed sort of to, to be binged and they've got the the twist, like the twist ends and the the, the ends of like, cliffhangers and all that sort of stuff so i feel like yeah i mean i couldn't watch a show like that week to week i'd just go insane yeah and that was what that's what happened with me when i first started watching it and especially with season three i watched the first two episodes took a break and then i finished it yeah completely (laughs) you just have to do that yeah and i think it's also it's one of those shows that uh it only it doesn't really have like you know netflix sort of suffers sometimes where it's like here's a 72 minute episode it's like why did it need to be 72 minutes (laughs) Whereas this one is 47 minutes, like, and that's not including credits. Also, that is including credits, um, which I think is just insane these days. Like, I, I can't fathom watching a show that is less than 50 minutes these days. Oh, 100%. So, I mean, that's incredible. All right, John, we have a segment. Recommend or reject? Do you recommend or reject Narcos? I 100% recommend Narcos. I will definitely be watching it from the beginning. I loved it. Thank you so much for bringing this show into my life. You know, I said those words to JK Rowling once about her books and she just kind of gave me a look like I was a weirdo and I was like, oh, I'm going to cringe and die. And I was like 16. But I actually do appreciate you bringing this show into my life. See, and I'm not going to look at you weird because that's awesome. Yeah, it's legit, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so... We uh, we're done for this episode. Have you got anything else? Um, I do not. Except you need to talk about where we can see 
Sure. Yes. So Netflix. It's on Netflix. All three seasons. Um, that's it. I'm pretty Netflix sure for about later this year. Yeah, should be back. There's no definitive date. I that I'm aware of. I'm, I probably should have checked before we started recording the the show. But uh, yeah, it's seriously. I really want to go and rewatch it now. It's alright, just um, improve your game for the next episode or alternatively, when it's my turn to show you a show, I'll actually know what I'm talking about. But in the meantime, <laughs> thank you so much for listening and as always, find us on Apple Podcasts or your own favourite podcasting catch-up streaming service system app. or something. Just an app. Oh, it's app. I'm trying to read this script and it says up and I was like, I don't get what that's supposed to be. Anyway, now we've both fucked up. So, catch you next week for more Contextless TV. Bye.